Money FM 89.3, best of weekends. Got with us on the line right now from Los Angeles, May Lee, who is the founder of Lotus Media House, the host of the May Lee Show. May, welcome to Weekend Mornings here in Singapore. How are you doing in L.A. today? I'm doing very well. It's good to talk to you, Glenn. Give us the kind of the general overview of, of what we know about the COVID-19 response uh, in the U.S. You know, to be totally frank, the response in the beginning, and this started 10 weeks ago, was not good and been mishandled from the beginning with a lot of uh, sort of dismissive remarks uh, from the top and and tests not being done here and that's still not being controlled right now in, in a timely manner. So that has not helped with the you know calming of fears here. So unfortunately, it's done exactly the opposite. So people are definitely panicking. There's a lot of fear, there's a lot of confusion, and there's a lot of misinformation. Now, granted, the administration, the Trump administration, has now put together this coalition of, from the private sector and the public sector, and we saw that on Friday when they had this announcement of the emergency declaration and then saying what they were planning on doing. And yet, even since then, we are still getting mixed messages, and so people are you know, quite confused and quite nervous. And we still don't know what to do, what to believe, where the tests are being allocated, et cetera, et cetera. So it's it's really not a great situation. And therefore, that's why you're seeing the scenes of panic in stores and stores shelves are empty and people standing in line for you know, any kind of provision they can get their hands on. It's not great. I was going to ask you about that, May. We have, of course, early on, we saw a lot of panic buying, uh, and, and that is still definitely going on from, from where you sit? Absolutely still going on. In fact, because it's now the weekend, there was even a bigger run at a lot of the stores, everything from the big box stores that we have here, like Costco, to regular grocery stores. And you know, people have been posting video and, and photos all over social media saying, you know, they went to their local store and this is what they saw. And it's absolutely empty shelves everywhere. And, and when I say empty, I mean cleared out, nothing left. So this is just signs of this, you know, unusual strange time that we live in right now. Yeah, of course, we saw that here in Singapore early on, you know, the first uh, week or so, we had some of that. And the government stepped right in, reassured everybody, you know, look, there's no need for this. There's plenty of food. There's plenty of toilet paper. There's plenty of whatever. And people, you know, very quickly kind of got all of that under control and, and stopped it. And it's interesting that there are no, it uh, doesn't seem to be any messages from the government coming down in the U.S. to say, you know, stop the panic. Yeah. Bomb. Yeah, unfortunately, it's quite a dichotomy because I watched the Prime Minister Lee Sen Young's announcement or his speech a couple of days ago, yeah, right? Right. Where he, you know, it was like an 11 minute address to the nation and he was calm. He was very, you know, informative. He was clear with his messaging. So, therefore, you know, that's a leader. You know, that's what a leader is supposed to do in times of crisis. You're supposed to calm the nation, you're supposed to give words of reassurance and confidence and make sure that the public knows what they need to know, and so therefore they're going to calm down a little bit. Unfortunately, we haven't gotten the same kinds of messaging, you know, from the leadership here in the Trump administration. And unfortunately, you know, President Trump has, each time he has spoken in the last three days, and he's chosen to speak every day, including today, 
it, it hasn't reassured people. It, it's, in fact, made people more nervous and more confused yeah. about what's going on within the government. So that, that definitely doesn't you know, bode well in terms of elevating anyone's confidence. May, one of the interesting things I think that I've noticed is now the states are are just taking control of their own destiny. They're like, they've figured out the federal government is going to be slow to react, and now they seem to be taking a more proactive role, at least some of the states. Uh, what are you seeing in, in terms of that? Well, that is very true. I mean, especially here in California, Governor Newsom uh, definitely is trying to take a little bit more of a lead trying to help here in California, because, of course, we've had our own outbreak here, too. So, therefore, he sees that people are panicking. He sees that there are no tests and, you know, no facilities that are taking care of this. So he's trying to get his message out as well. The problem, Glenn, is that even states have limited control over, for instance, the number of tests that we need to be able to test people who are coming into hospitals and calling their doctors. Right. There's still not enough tests. And Governor Newsom just said the other day, the tests that they're receiving from the federal level, some of them are not coming with certain elements, certain chemicals that are supposed to be used with the test. So they're not complete. So analogy. Oh. They're not complete. Oh my so gosh. Use this analogy saying it's like sending us uh, printer cartridges without ink. Oh my gosh. So that is still going on. So therefore, even as much as the governors and mayors of different cities are trying to help in any way they can calm their constituents, there's a limited ability on their part because it's still, a lot of it is still controlled on the federal level, as well as Center for Disease Control. And, you know, I don't know if you guys know there that the CDC kind of drop the ball in the beginning with testing. Mm -hmm. So we're playing major catch-up here in the U.S. We are so far behind when it comes to testing. The fear now is once these tests start getting out there and being rolled out, the numbers are going to spike to the point of causing even more alarm. Yeah. And it's interesting because, as you know, the Singapore government has been very transparent about not only the number of cases, we're at 212 cases today, uh, with a hundred of more than 100 already out of hospital. Uh, so we've got about 107 right. people still being hospitalized. But uh, one of the interesting things is when you look at the case history, and they're giving the case history for each of the people that have the virus, a number of them now are showing that they had recently traveled to the U.S., which is, uh, you know, it seems like that's a possibility that they caught the virus while they were in the U.S. and then they came back to Singapore. So that is a concern here, of course. And one of the other concerns, May, is with the schools being shut now for the spring break and a lot of the students being told to go home, leave the dormitories, don't come back until further notice. Um, of course, we have a lot of international students in the U.S., including Singaporeans. Uh, right. what, what, is the, what is the latest in terms of uh, dormitories being shut down? And is that is it happening everywhere or is it just certain uh, selected uh, universities? It, 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 is, it is definitely happening in a, at a lot of universities. Um, in fact, as you know, Glenn, I'm an adjunct professor at USC here in Los Angeles. So we have gone online starting just this past week, online teaching. They've been telling all students, you know, you've got you to leave. You're, you, you, we're not going to have in-person classes anymore until mid-April. That's the date that they've given all of us. My feeling is that that probably is not going to happen. I'm sure that, you know, things are going to pro- progressively get a little bit uh, a little bit more intense. So, therefore, 
online might have to happen for the rest of the semester. But all other, not all, I shouldn't say all, several other big universities have all gone online or just canceled the rest of the semester. So, yes, this is causing a lot of, you know, confusion among students, both domestic and international, and we're getting memos saying, listen, this is what's happening. Students need to be taken care of, but especially international students, it's up to them whether or not they want to leave and go home. Mm. Because, you know, the, of course, the, the school is not going to say you can't leave. Right. But there's a warning saying if you leave, there's a chance you may not be able to come back. Yeah. Depending yeah. on what happens with this virus, of course, we could all go on lockdown and nobody may be able to come in or out. In fact, as we know, there's travel bans right now into the U.S., yep. certain countries, but there's now talk that. The, you know, the, the government may impose a domestic travel ban as well. Mm. So that could affect not just international, but obviously just residents in the U.S. So it's, again, there's so much uncertainty that people are afraid of what they should and shouldn't do at this point because every day something is changing. May, has this idea of social distancing uh, gained any traction in the U.S.? It, it has here in Asia. Obviously, we've been dealing with this since January, and, and uh, the idea of just staying away from the big events. Of course, we've seen the NBA cancel and the NHL and, and the March Madness and a lot of different sporting events have canceled. But is this yeah. idea of kind of keeping distance, don't, don't go to places where you don't have to go, is that catching on? Uh, not quite. Uh, people are aware of it. Um, well, you know, we're hearing about it, uh, and uh, the advice is being given by you know the CDC and other health experts. And uh, so it's being it's being recommended, but it's certainly not being mandated, yeah. except for the cancellation of all of these big events. Uh, I'll give you an example, and and this sort of infuriated me to be honest. Um, I have a friend who you know was going to this charity event, was invited to a charity event last night. And I believe it was going to be, you know, a few hundred people, right? This charity event went on with it. They didn't cancel the event. Mm. And I just thought to myself, that is so irresponsible. Right. That's just so incredibly irresponsible. And I thought, that's so arrogant, mm. you know, uh, of these people just to think, oh, we'll be fine. Well, guess what? You know, and this is the message that people are starting to hear, maybe starting to, like, really think about, which is just because you think you're going to be okay you could be carrying the virus, and then the people around you may not be okay. Yeah. Your parents, grandparents, you know, your colleagues who are older or who, who may be going through chemotherapy. These are the things that you have to think about instead of living so selfishly. And that's the message I hope is going to start getting out mm. that will then start affecting people in terms of the social distancing. Listen, amongst my friends, we're all joking, saying, Yep, we're all at home, you know, just sitting here watching Netflix and having our wine. You know, I mean, that's that's the attitude that I'm starting to see. But I, I, you know, it's a good question, Glenn. I really have a feeling that it hasn't completely sunk in yet. Yeah, talking with May Lee, the founder of Lotus Media House, the host of the May Lee Show in Los Angeles. And May, one of the ugly, uh, really ugly elements to COVID-19, and we've seen it uh, rearing its ugly head in the U.S. is racism. And as a Korean American, you know, born in Ohio, you have lived your whole life with certain elements of racism in the U.S. But uh, tell us what what is happening in terms of that now uh, with COVID-19? Well, I'll tell you, it's only getting worse by the day. 
um, you know, my, my show, uh, it, it focuses on the Asian American community as well as Asians around the world and issues that we care about. And we're getting inundated on a daily basis with stories from people, not just in the U.S., but all, all over the world, who are being verbally and physically assaulted just for being Asian because people are looking for a scapegoat. Um, they think, of course, all Asians are Chinese, um, especially now. Right. So regardless of where you're from or the fact that if you've never been to Asia but you have, ha- happen to be Asian, it just doesn't matter. So we're hearing everything from just verbal, you know, um, uh, verbal insults to a- absolute physical beatings mm. and to assault uh, a man, uh, an Asian man wearing a, a mask in Brooklyn uh, last week was stabbed 12 times. Oh, my gosh. Um, and so, yeah, so these are, this is the extreme that we're seeing, and Asians now are fearful. And now gun sales amongst Asians, especially the Chinese community here in the state, they're skyrocketing. Oh, my gosh. Crazy. They're going up about five to seven times higher than normal. Asian Americans are the lowest, I think we have the lowest rate of gun ownership. Mm. But because of this xenophobia, it's triggering this reaction of we have to defend ourselves. And that's, you know, obviously adding fuel to the fire. So it really is, I mean, from a personal uh, perspective, I have anxiety now. I now think, when I walk outside, if I go to a store, if I go to a restaurant, are people looking at me because I'm Asian? Right. And that is such an unsettling, um, sick-to-my-stomach feeling, I have to say, that, that this is what it's come to. May, what do you think needs to be done? You know, what's a one or two or three steps that could be taken right away to try to tamp that down, to try to bring some more understanding? And I know through your podcast, The May Lee Show, you, you try to promote this understanding, but of course not everyone's listening to it, unfortunately. But what, right. could, what could government yeah. do? What could, what could be done publicly to try, and, or is anything being done, any messages getting out there? Well, I think from the top down, it, it has to come from leadership too, right? They have to, you know, talk about this and say this is not okay. And we're seeing that now, at least from a state and local level. We're seeing more people, uh, congresspeople, mayors, you know, council people, saying that, you know, this is not a reason to be xenophobic and racist. So we're, we're starting to see, you know, political and civic leaders saying this uh, and, and trying to fight back against it. Um, you know, po- you see politicians, local politicians trying to go to the local Chinatowns to say, listen, everyone, come support, you know, support these businesses. So that's one area that I, I think that, you know, we could use more of, that kind of open support. And then, of course, you know, within our own communities, we have to raise the awareness that this is happening. That's why, Glenn, you and I are friends. You see me posting things on social media about this. I'm talking about it on my podcast because I want people to start understanding that this is real and this yeah. is happening. Yeah. Before I started talking about this and posting, you know, and then, and then I started posting, my friends were like, oh, my God, I, I had no idea. Yeah. Well, now you do. Yeah. And now you can start supporting us and you can start speaking out about it and speaking up, out against it. And I'm starting to see that as well. Um, I was interviewed by uh, a, a television station in San Francisco the other day, and then they did a live stream with me that went nationwide to talk about this very subject. So if the media starts paying attention as well and treating this as a serious issue, that will help too. 
May Lee, the founder of Lotus Media House, the host of The May Lee Show in Los Angeles. Um, May, thanks so much for coming on Weekend Mornings today. Really appreciate your time and hope we can catch up with you again uh, soon. I would love that. I would love that. And thanks for having me on, Glenn. I really appreciate it. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.